Welcome to Dreams X Trash. Hey, I'm Oscar, co-host of Dreams X Trash, Kenyan living and working in Japan with dreams of being more than an unknown writer. And I'm Jason, fellow co-host of Dreams X Trash, Kenyan living in Japan and tech and art enthusiast. And Jason, what do we do here? Well, Dreams X Trash is a podcast hosted by us, two Kenyans living in Japan. We have lived in Japan for a combined period of six years, six years, and English Jesus. teachers. Jesus is right. The conversations are a parasocial look at Japanese, Kenyan culture, society, history, philosophy, and a lot of bullshit that swirls around in our lives. I agree with that. And these conversations are a journey of us attempting to make sense of our lives, the world around us, and us trying to make something of what little knowledge we have. And we do have very little knowledge. And that journey starts right now. Hey, 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 Jason, another week, another podcast. How is the going? Oh, you didn't steal my line this week? Nice job, good job, you're learning, you're growing, Jason. Hey, I don't need to steal your line every week, man. <laughs> yeah, hey. I'm doing well, I'm doing well, it's getting pretty cold, it's raining today. Actually, you know, it's getting so cold that I have to wear like special, uh, what is it, like special socks on, like something to warm my feet in the house the winter that's socks. how cold it's getting those yeah. Socks, not, yeah it's not really it's kind of like shoe they're kind of like shoes more like indoor shoes for the winter yep and and they're really warm because like man i was feeling like my feet they are freezing they're freezing for me it's always my fingers and my ears uh, uh for, for me it's not really that's... my ears or my fingers it's only my fingers when i'm outside like when i'm walking outside it's really cold and then it just hits you that throb, throbbing pain you know Oh, yes, yes. Do you know what chillblains are, Jason? And you know that winter has come. What's that? Chillblains are when the blood vessels in your fingers or toes swell up because they're too, it's too cold and it's painful. Ah, they swell up because the blood vessels are constricting. Yes. They're diverting so now, all of the warm blood to your organs. To your yes. So when I first came to Japan, my first winter in Japan, not, not really my first winter, but when Yumiko and I got married in our first winter together as a couple, I got chillblains for the first time and I thought I'm dying because I didn't know what they were. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm dying. Yumiko, I'm dying. I'm sick. There's something wrong with me. And she was like, Oscar, that's just shimoyake, shimoyake. That's what chillblains are called in Japanese, shimoyake. I was like, what shimoyake? So she says, just when your fingers swell up because it's too cold. So for years, I didn't know what the word chillblain. I just knew the word shimoyake, right? Mm. Until last year or maybe two years ago, I was in Saga. And I was talking to an American guy about the shimoyake, and he was like, oh, those are called chillblains. So it's like, you know, it's funny how, like, there are some words that I don't have the English translation for. I only know them in Japanese, because I never learned those words in Kenya, especially what's to do with the winter. Because we don't right? have, yeah, we don't have any winter yeah. in Kenya. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't, those words don't exist. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, wow, you know how they treat that, right? They usually no, give... I actually don't know the victim um alcohol really is that true yeah alcohol is so one of the effects of alcohol is that it opens up your blood vessels 
So, Wait, then, but I, but I was a drunk for many years. How come they still got chillblains? What the hell, man? It helps treat <laughs> it. It doesn't cure it. It helps treat it. Didn't you remember the uh, cartoons like Tom and Jerry? Do you be a dog yeah, running yeah. around with the alcohol? Oh, oh yeah. I always wondered why that was. I never, I never, I never questioned. I was like, why are they carrying alcohol? Around? Yeah, <laughs> like, Looney Tunes or <laughs> I think yeah, it was Tom and Jerry or Looney Tunes. Yeah, because the characters, the the people who are drinking the alcohol from the dog always had like red faces. You know, mm-hmm. they actually looked drunk in the cartoons. So just I assumed they were just like alcoholic or something. You know. Alcohol I never, can, I never thought. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it can help prevent the frostbite. Ah, okay, okay. Oh, that's well. You learn something new every day. Yep. Huh. Yep, yep, yep. And okay, Jason. Any house housekeeping for today? Um, none from me. We still have the anniversary episode that we're working on, but besides that, yes, it's yes. been pretty normal. You know, the same old, same old. Yes, I mean things are going well. I'm happy we were doing this. Uh-huh. Uh, onwards and upwards, as they say. And any, and how so? And the trash bag. How much are we at today? How much are we at today? Last time I didn't add those four hundred yen. I wrote it. I wrote it down. Uh-huh. You added three hundred yen, and I added a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, I still need to do the totaling, but it should be around two thousand and something now. Two thousand. Okay, let's just keep swearing for cancer, Jason. Swear for cancer. Yep, nothing has changed there. You know us. <laughs> we'll... Okay. Creating the good out of the bad, you know? Exactly. Making some exactly. good out of the bad. Yes, out of chaos we find order. Yeah. <laughs> as they say. And we spread that goodness around to other people. Exactly. It's all love. It's all love. When we say when we swear it's not evil. It's all love. It's all love, Jason. And what is the appreciation of the week? Uh, the appreciation. Yeah, who does it go to? The appreciation of the week goes out to a man called James, James in Osaka. James in Osaka, you know yourself. I'm sure you're going to listen to this episode as well. Uh, James is just a man who's been giving me a lot of advice. I would like to say he's been giving me fatherly advice. He's not really, he's, he's, he has become more and more of a father figure the more I've gotten to know him. Mm. And he has helped me out a lot, like just sitting down with me. Like I, he's the man I will go to when I have problems in my life that I don't know who else I can discuss with because mm-hmm. he has experienced some of these things. He's a married man. And so especially things with my marriage, things about just living as a foreigner in Japan. He's a married man. He has a Japanese wife and he's been in Japan for a very long time. So there are things I can discuss with him about that he has some insight too. And he does help me a lot. Even he, he don't actually encourage me to put a lot of my writing on Instagram. Nice. nice, so, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. And in so, many ways, yeah, he's, he's our senpai. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And he's also... He's also an artist. He does he does sculptures. He makes sculptures. Mm. He's a very interesting man, a very eccentric man. So James, this one goes out to you. Thank you so much, James. We appreciate you. I I particularly appreciate you. Thank you so much, James. Thank you so much, James. Your workers probably I can hear it's a huge effect on Oscar. Mm. And does, Oscar, does. Oscar's obviously bringing that to the podcast. So that's mm. always a plus. Thank you so much. And with that, we're okay. going to go to the trending topic. Okay, so trending topic of the week, Jason. You set it up, set it up. Oh, we can start off by talking about Japan. And it's mm-hmm. it's upgrading its military. It recently increased, almost, like it massively increased the spending budget for the military. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're doing this because, I guess, China's been making some moves recently. 
in the southern Asian seas. Okay, making okay. a lot of countries nervous. So I'm looking at Google right now, and it says Japan to surge 6.8 billion dollars extra to military spending due to China, Taiwan, North Korea, and COVID. That that may boost Japan's baseline 2021 defense budget to around 5.3 billion, 5.34 trillion yen, 47 billion dollars, to the equivalent of 53.8 billion. Yes, increasing defense spending to account for 1.3 percent of Japanese GDP. Huh. So they're doing that. Wow. Uh, uh, getting lots of toys, and it's like, oh, you know, things are. Based on history, when there's military escalation such as this, it never yeah. really ends well. It never does. It never does because like, most of the time it never ends well. You know. Yes, I think in high school history we we're learning about the causes of the First World War, and one of the causes was like military growth or military expansion, right? Yeah. And I remember that pretty clearly, and I was wondering like why would why would military expansion be a cause of the war? Right, it does. It didn't make sense to me back then. But now, looking at it as an at an individual level, right? Let's let me ignore the country for uh, for a moment. Let's say it's me. I'm Oscar, right? Mm. And I feel threatened by something going on by another individual in my life, right? Mm. So I start to stalk. Okay, so let me give you a rough example. Like, if I feel like my boss, my company is looking to fire me, right? Mm. I'm going to set up the defenses, which is maybe like go out and join a union you know mm. uh, start recording all conversations i might have with my bosses right mm. because i i mean i live in fear of them firing me and what that only does it creates distrust between me and my superiors right uh-huh. so now they're more likely to fire me because they feel like why is oscar joining a union all of a sudden maybe they weren't planning to fire me but because i was fearing they might fire me i'm bring i'm taking all these preemptive measures that makes that make my bosses my superiors feel like they cannot trust me right and maybe it's the same case with countries expanding their military it's like okay if japan is expanding its military the chinese government i feel like why the hell are they doing that what's going on now mm-hmm. china may decide to do the same thing let's also expand because it seems like they won't threaten us the japan won't threaten us it becomes a positive feedback loop yes 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 and before you know it war is inevitable right mm-hmm. Like with particularly with World War One, World War One was the first like truly industrial war, you know. Like it was the first like large scale war that had happened after the industrial age or the industrial boom. Mm, mm, so mm. speed and efficiency was everything. And what had happened mm. is that a lot of countries felt like they were forced to mobilize their armies, and they couldn't stand out because the outcome in which your enemy has their army mobilized and your army isn't mobilized and you are trying to do diplomatic relations and that's not going out well and they just suddenly attack you you lose the war before even anything has happened yes 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 you instantly lost the war and that had happened in a few other cases prior to world war one where the wars were fought and won immediately if you can just get your army to the start position faster than your opponents and it takes you know it's countries such as russia look at how huge russia is you can literally takes them a whole month to mobilize the entire army Mm, i see i see so when you tell them like hey this might 
not go well. I'm not really sure if we should mobilize or not mobilize. A lot of them will just be like, just mobilize. Mm -hmm. But when you mobilize, when Russia mobilizes, then Germany and all of its neighbors have to mobilize too, right? Yes, of course, of course. Because it's like, oh, Russia's mobilized. If I don't get mobilized, that means I'll be the one left. I'll be in second place when it comes to the starting mm -hmm. position. And then I will, exactly. get, I will get screwed in the war. So, like, I have to exactly. mobilize too. And then before you, Germans, yeah. like, neighbors, neighbors have to mobilize too. So then it becomes like this positive feedback loop too. So now everyone has to mobilize. And then everyone now is on code red. Everyone's on the red light, just on edge. That's the world, man. That's the world. It's uh, all about it's it's everything, you know. Every if you look at all the I feel like all the problems in human history, I feel it's less of ideology and more of fear. Like most of our problems are just caused by fear. A lot of it is fear. Yes. And you know it's funny. Because so, uh -huh. just, I'll just finish your point. Uh because I don't know if this how true this is, but I feel like in the modern world, countries are less likely to engage in war right mm. countries will try to find other measures but of course i'm assuming i don't know what the chinese government is thinking what the american government is thinking but i feel like war seems like the last measure in this modern world right mm -mm -mm. like maybe it's sanctions maybe it's boycotting the olympics you know such such measures are the first measures to be taken right mm. but you know like expanding your military it's like how how frightened are you of your neighbor to say that expanding our military is the best choice do you do they really believe that China is just going to like storm storm the, the borders of Japan, the beaches of Japan? Do they really believe that? But because China was already making quote unquote aggressive military moves or posturing. What, what are these military moves you are talking about? Because I'm not aware, honestly. Oh, uh, this just um, there's a, like a bunch of navy armadas that they usually just park in front of a lot of fishing islands, and you know, okay, so the China, China and Japan are disputing over a bunch of islands these islands have a lot of fish they have a lot of like smaller resources not that important but it's more on a it's it's it's, it's a nationalism sort of like a pride i would say pride it's more of like a pride thing when it's like if this island is potentially ours we can't just let the chinese come over and take them and the china and the chinese probably feel vice versa like this was ours okay, okay. we can't come here and let the japanese take it and before you know it the navies are like literally neck and neck on each other and there's a bunch mm -hmm. of fishing boats in the in between them ah uh, okay i see i see i see and then this dispute has been happening for decades man it, it's like on and off you know like they would be fighting over one island and then they'll stop they'll relax they'll pretend like everything's good and they start fighting over a bunch of like other islands too <laughs> Uh, so there was an island, you know, like in Kenya, between Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania, there's Lake Victoria, right? Yes. Uh, and there was there was an island on Lake Victoria. What was the name of that island? Migingo Island. Migingo Island, right? Mm. And Migingo Island is a very tiny island between Kenya and Uganda on on the Lake Victoria. I remember the fisher um, people were fighting over that one too. Yes, yes. And how was the population? Of, so. Jesus Christ, I mean, the population of Migingo Island is, in 2009, was 131 people. Oh, my high school was bigger than that. Yeah, <laughs> most schools are bigger, most schools are bigger than that. But I remember it was such a, back then, it was such, I don't know what's about the issue today, but I remember back then when I was a kid, it was such a big dispute, right, between Kenya and Uganda. 
that tiny island that tiny tiny island governments bickering about this island it was it's 2000 meters squared you know it might not even have it has probably has zero resources yeah it's nothing it's nothing but why are we bickering so i maybe with japan and china they they want that fishing area right the south china sea has a lot of resources for them yeah but but even that it's like can't we just is it not possible for them you know this this sounds silly but i wonder why this sounds silly as well why can the chinese government and the japanese government come together and say why don't we share these resources because i guess both our people need to eat right <laughs> it's not like the chinese people need to eat more than japanese people that's not how it works both hey. people just need food okay talking about some dangerous ideas in some circles <laughs> ideas ideas such as this will get you killed sharing oh man look, sharing, sharing that's crazy man you're, you're, that's crazy talk <laughs> that's that's some socialism talk right there sharing you know but it's, it's crazy right think about this as kids we are always taught like share what you have right if you have too much share right mm-hmm. and i had in i read in a book a book by a guy called dr chris ryan he's he's an anthropologist i believe and in the book he was talking about the the bushmen in south in the south african area right mm-hmm. in southern africa not south africa in southern africa and he was saying like the, the bushmen have a saying and the saying is the best place to put extra food is in your ne- neighbor's belly. Oh yeah, because then your neighbor won't stab you in the back for food. Exactly, it exactly. Makes sense. And I think you you're taught this as kids, right? Right? Share if you have enough, share what you have, right? Mm. Actually, that's how that's how you keep friends, that's how you get help in the future, right? Those South Africans saying the best mm. way to keep thieves out of your village is to share money with the whole village something like that okay yes 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 yeah that makes sense but now like going to a national level it's like at an individual level you're told share 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 and you try like the graph so uh, this the graph get the pie gets smaller and smaller as you rise from individual to group and national level it's like now that at a national level we're not sharing anything this island is ours and we're going to fight for this tiny island but really, can't you just share what, what's in that island? And you or know, what's in that, that sea? Some of these islands individually don't really mean anything to these countries. Again, it's mm-hmm. it really is like the whole national story. There's a narrative that goes with it. And knowing the Chinese, the Chinese and the Japanese, we all know their story. It's a long yep, history. Yep. Uh, they don't want to let okay. it go. They... So it's, it's fear. So now let's say it's fear. It's uh, it's greed, it's resentment, and also you know, we, uh, like we mentioned in the previous episode, China is, the, is a big dog now. So China might just be doing the big dog moves because they feel like they can. So like, okay, so I'm saying like, are they doing that out of resentment? It's like, no, I'm a big dog, and I'm going to hurt you because when I was a, when I was a puppy, you hurt me. Yeah, it might be straight up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know where I heard this. Someone was saying, I think it was some philosopher or some psychiatrist, a psychologist, I don't know who it, who it was or where I heard this. Mm. And they were saying that at national levels, we there's a pathology. There's a pathology in the national at a national level in most in all countries. And if that pathology isn't dealt with, war erupts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, like there's a so, our social consciousness is as sick as our individual consciousness. 
if you look at a country like Japan and even China to some degree, actually yes, China actually, where suicides are at a very high rate. Okay, you can say the individual is sick, but if this thing is happening at such a vast degree, it means also like the social consciousness is also sick, it's also unwell. Because the individual, if it's just one person, that's fine. But if it's on mass, yes. then yes, these individuals are being the sickness is obviously coming from the environment. The environment mm, exactly. is making them unhealthy. So it is exactly hence it is an unhealthy environment. Exactly, exactly. And now that that leads to war. It's like I can't deal with my problems. At least the problems I'm facing are not me. The problem is coming from outside right it's the enemy without not the enemy within Mm-mm. you know it's like there's a snake in in the garden and the snake isn't inside me it's that snake in the tree i feel Next. like there's also some asian <clears throat> saying about the best way to help you to help yourself is to help somebody else i'm not really i think sure most 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 yeah. cultures have this kind of idea it's yeah that's what i'm saying it's common sense like you just told these things as kids but when you at a national level it's like dude that's that's communism you need to kill that shit lock this guy up okay be locked exactly. up to those ideas. yeah he, he's he's talking about sharing lock him up. <laughs> and just to give you an example can you imagine talking about stuff like that back at home Oscar, you would just be ghosted you just disappear yeah 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 exactly exactly you know it, it's funny i remember when i was when i was in in 2013 when there were elections Mm. And that time I I started I got into communism a bit right, mm-hmm. and I was discussing with some of my father's friends my father and some of his friends you know they were they were, they were older men in their fifties, mm. and I was I, how old was I I was maybe I was seventeen eighteen around that age at the right and age I was not, young and yeah, fresh you know, and I, full of ideas yeah what the the uh, a psychologist called piaget calls it the messianic stage of development whereby you think like you're the one who has the solutions to all the world's problems you know (laughs) (laughs) exactly so i was like telling them like we should communism makes sense and they were telling me how like democracy is the new era that's the new that's how life should be and because like developed countries all accept the uh, democracy right and i was i was all about communism because it made sense to me at the time it's all about sharing, right? Of course, I didn't understand. I didn't really understand the the intricate the intricacies of what it meant to be a communist state. Yes. All I got was the idea of sharing, right? Yeah. We share our resources with each other. You got this and the I guess, distribution aspect when it comes to the yes the, the goods and services exactly, created from exactly. production. Yeah, but I guess most democratic states do have this to a degree. Because they have social policies, you know, like social health healthcare. You have like a fire department. You have the police department. Those there are is things no, that yeah, there is yeah. no true, true, true like capitalist. Society. Yeah, exactly. They we all have all nations have a social socialist aspect to them. Yeah. Right. And maybe that's good enough. But now, what really got me was that idea of sharing. Let's share what we have. And now that I'm no longer 17 years old, I no longer think that I'm the one with all the solutions. I can, st- but I still feel like sharing is the answer. I'm not saying let's be communist. Let's have our let's have our Gucci. Let's have our Louis Vuitton. Let's all that try sounds, to own a Lamborghini. That's it's all. Fine. That's exactly. It sounds like that's exactly what you're trying to say, Oscar. Dangerous idea. No, ma- <laughs> no, no. I'm saying it's it's fine to strive to to start your own business and own a Lamborghini. That's all well and good. But all this bickering about a tiny portion of a tiny sea, you know, like spending an extra extra six point eight billion 
because you're you're trying to protect this tiny part of a tiny sea. That makes no sense to me. When you can just share the fish, you can just share the fish. And you know, just to add extra a little bit something extra on top, Russia is a mobilized over hundred thousand troops. If I read that, or was it ten thousand? Over ten thousand troops on the Ukrainian border. It looks oh, like I, I, I saw something similar. It looks like they're trying to do another land grab. This is similar to when they grabbed Crimea. Yep. A couple of Man, years like back. What? And this time, Man, European, the European powers are just like, no, 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 no. If Russia does this, we will do something. Ah, man, don't tell me you're going to war, man. I can't... Yo, can you take that, Jason? <laughs> it's like World War Three, World War Three. Like, Jason, you have to be... You're going to be like, what is it? What's the word? You'll be asked... You'll be... There's a word when you're forced to join the military. Conscripted. You'll be conscripted to the Japanese army, Jason. No, we you know, can You have to go we're and not, fight. We're not <laughs> citizen, Japanese citizens, though. We oh, but... Dead. But if you want to keep, have to keep your right of, to live in Japan, you have to fight for us. I'm pretty sure we yeah. would be sent home and then the Kenyan army would conquer, conscript us. You know? Uh, I hope. Man, I don't be, I want to be with my family. I don't want to be sent anywhere. I want to be with my wife and daughter. I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy because in World War II, the ages were like from, it's from 18 to like 35 were the ages? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I think it might have even been up to 40. I can't remember the exact range, but it was easily into your late 30s. And that's a lot of men you're sending into war. Yeah, that's, that's a that's lot everyone. of men. I mean, if you look at the historical posters from World War II America, you see like the women, it was pictures of like pick women in factories, you know, like flexing their biceps, like we need you, you know, because there were no men to work in the factories to produce the, the gun, to manufacture the guns and the equipment the soldiers need in Europe, right? For, there were no men in America, so the women had to go to the factories. For Kenya, that's literally, I think, half of the population of the men will be sent out that age range exactly exactly nearly exactly. almost half we have a very young population so i'm pretty sure I, yeah i think all of africa has a very young population so that's why i'm saying like in japan they will need you as the foreign man because they don't have enough young people in japan right they will need everyone they can get maybe they won't force you to join the army but they, they will probably offer you very good incentives to join the army oh huh. would you join the army oscar the japanese army I, here's the thing if they offer me the kind of incentive that will ensure my family is well taken care of I probably will consider it very seriously me too uh, like what yeah, you said yeah yeah. if it's like hey your daughter's school is taken care of your wife doesn't have to work she'll get like a nice tip in every month okay I'm going I'm going I'm going 100% I actually agree with you yeah and with yeah. that we can jump right into our main topic or oh, unless there's something else you want to touch on uh, no, I think we've done enough on that. We've actually gone much further than I expected. And, uh, yeah, obviously this might just be the usual European politics. Again, Russia and Europe has been going back and forth fighting over things for a very long time. Same thing with mm. China and Japan. This might end mm. up being nothing, as usual. I hope so. Let's pray. Let's Let, pray, Jason. Let's pray. Yeah, exactly. So, that being said, everyone can just relax. Keep on doing what you you keep on doing, you know? And we're gonna keep on doing what we keep on doing, like talking about exactly. our main topic. What is our main our topic? topic is planning for the future. Planning for the future. Oh, that's so, a hard one. That's a hard one. It's a hard one. So the reason why I bring up this topic is that so for the past couple of weeks, my wife and I have decided to be very open with each other. And the first thing that happens when you become open is that 
you reveal all your resentments, right? Yeah. Because you you do, like we've been married for it's going to be it's 6 years. It's going to be 7 years next year. Uh-huh. And as a married especially as I we got married pretty young. So especially as a young married couple, you just want we wanted to focus on the good. So for such a long time we're just hiding the bad things under the bed, you know? Uh-huh. Like anything bad happens we just drag drag it under the bed, just hide it down there. And no one wanted to look under the bed because we both knew there's a monster living there. There's a monster living under the bed. Mm. But for the past couple of weeks, we decided to look under the bed and take out piece by piece of the monster. Right? Let's mm. take the monster apart. And so the first that came out were all the resentments we had for each other. And when we reveal those resentments, it's like we realize for the longest time it's like we've been living a lie. You know, it's like what I thought you felt about what was going on. was totally different than what you actually felt about what was going on right uh-huh. and now we're in this place whereby we've brought everything everything has been laid on the table this is how things are right now uh-uh-uh. and all of a sudden it feels like our relationship has been born again anew it's like now all the dead wood has been burned away there is no baggage anymore there are no secrets there are no lies like jason i mean everything think about any secret you might hide from your spouse for me and my wife now all of that is gone it is gone can you imagine how frustrating that was to reveal all those secrets <laughs> you can imagine the kind of secrets i'm talking about yep right <laughs> so all of them are now yeah. yes everything has been laid down on the table everyone can imagine the kind of secrets because yes. you know everyone has secrets mm-hmm. stuff that yeah, they keep so... away from like the world and stuff exactly So now after all the deadwood has been burned away of course through pain through you know, through a lot of emotional suffering through you know there's some things you don't want to hear your spouse telling you you know but god damn it you you have to hear those things sometimes i think it's what i learned this experience that you need to hear those things you need to feel that pain because you realize that whatever pain that you that you caused or they caused you have done similar or equivalent harm to them okay okay can we move on from this so now we it's like everything has been started anew it's like i feel like now when i'm with my wife it's like i'm with a new woman and she's amazing you know it's like i'm meeting someone for the first time like i'm falling in love all over, all over again right and so what we did with this new feeling we just didn't go we decided not to just go into it like emotionally like passionately not not just dive into the feeling of love that we had when we decided to get married you know when we got married we didn't, really, we didn't plan for a future we were just in love so we said because we, we said because we're in love we should get married you know what i mean we were kids we were kids basically yeah. we were actually kids jason we were actually just, kids and for people who know just explain how young you were when you guys got married oh when i proposed to her i was 20 when we officially got married i was 21 but when i proposed i was 20 and that's like bro you're still a baby you're in university You, you, yeah. you're just coming into adulthood yeah you I was just a baby. literally you just <laughs> finished your teens 19 20 yeah. <laughs> yeah because think about it like when i proposed to my wife i was still living with my parents <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i think that's the perfect yeah. picture painted right there oh that's crazy that's crazy right yeah and so right now that we have this this rebirth in our relationship we decided is it just focusing on the love which is a beautiful thing let's focus on how we can build our life mm. so last night my wife and i sat down and took hours 
to talk about the things we expect of our life like right what? what we want so like where do we want to be in five years number one what are our expectations in five years okay so she expects a b c d i expect a b c d what can we do to make a b c d a possibility what can we work on every day every week to make a b c d a possibility in the next five years how can we push each other how can we motivate each other right and we realize as we're talking about our five-year goals we realize i think that hold us back isn't so much our inability to accomplish those things but rather our mentality about whether or not those things can be accomplished so, so it was more than just uh-huh. talking about possibilities no 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 more than that more than that right yeah so through this through planning for our future we also went back and discussed our past our childhood our experience with our families right and what was revealed to me is that in japan uh, this according to what my wife has told me and what also what i've seen living in japan it seems as though japanese people have a very negative outlook towards the future not not, not towards the future but towards what can be done in the future so uncertainty yes uncertainty it's like if you have an idea and it seems like a really big idea instead of getting encouragement people tend to denigrate your idea like i don't they something like i don't know whether that's possible right wait we have to be more specific on that what, so, what do you mean that people are generally just dis- so here's so the thing you're like, saying they're okay, more what? dismissive of things they're more yes they're more dismissive of things yes like that's not possible you can do that that's too hard you know that kind of that kind of attitude right and my my wife was telling me how like growing up this was something she had so much around her to the point whereby right now as an adult she immediately says something is impossible without wondering whether or not it can be done i i, right? I need an example it, it just uh, sounds weird you know it's like okay, what, do you, let, what does that mean exactly let me, let me give you a solid example so a few a few weeks ago my mother was telling me that hey oscar like how much is your rent and i told her the price for my rent and she was like oscar it's crazy you're paying that much rent why don't you just you know get a loan and pay mortgage on a house because eventually that house will belong to you and i was like oh that's 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 a reasonable idea so i raised the idea up with my wife with yumiko and, and i was like okay maybe we can't do it now but what about we, we get a loan on the house in the next three years and she was like no that's impossible you know she just that's instead of like thinking about the idea she just jumped the gun like no we can't do that no it's, it's too hard right and, and then like, did you ask her why in the, at that moment i didn't ask her why i just let it go but yesterday as we were talking about our lives i that issue came up naturally she actually brought it up herself like yeah i just tend to say things are impossible before i think of how they can be done right and she said it's because of how she grew up and how people around her were behaving when possibilities were raised when the potential for possibility was raised people always seem to just say how crazy of an idea it is or how difficult it is or that it simply just cannot be done to be fair to yumiko i, I like i think everyone does this to a certain extent yes yes but now okay so this was the difference between her upbringing and mine so if i look at my mother for instance my mother has this attitude of like don't say it can't be done ask yourself how you can do it so my mother she would always say oscar never see don't know how to do something like the, the, the phrase in kenya is sijui which simply means i don't know when i would say as a child sijui i don't know 
my mother will get furious. Like, how? Why? Why are you saying you don't know? Have you even? Have you tried it yet? You know, <laughs> that was always my mother's attitude. Mm. And maybe that's why, like now. Funny enough, my mom is the same way. Yes, maybe like even you and I, the fact that we are willing to come to leave our, our the comforts of home in Kenya, like you and I, we grew up with in a very comfortable lifestyle, right? We're very comfortable back in Kenya, mm. right? Mm. The fact that we're willing to let go of all of that and come into Japan, very uncertain of how our lives will turn out in Japan. Extremely that, ex- uncertain. Yes, For a exactly. job that yes. has nothing to do with our degree, we've mm-hmm. never, for, for a lot of us, it, like for me specifically, I had never done it before. Exactly. I had exactly. no idea if I could do it. Mm-hmm. And even if I could do it, I had no idea if I could remain doing it, If I because would I even like it? Exactly. Exactly. Huge departure. Huge, Man, huge like, departure. For me, when I made the choice, when I made the choice to leave Kenya and come to Japan, like to live in Japan, I didn't even have a job waiting for me, Jason. There was no job waiting for me. Like, I literally came blind, Jason. I came blind, saying I'm going to figure something out when I get there. Right, right, right. right. So, the fact that you and I were able to do that meant that we got enough encouragement as children to make us believe that, to make us believe that taking a risk was always worth it. Mm. You know what I mean? But now, like, I don't know if it's just Japan in general, but just my wife's upbringing that makes her, like, jump the gun and say, it's either difficult or it's just straight up impossible to do something. I... So now, so, uh, uh-huh. Maybe it's the Japanese, their risk adverse. You know that risk yes. adversity that they naturally have. It's part yeah, of the risk, culture. risk adverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, as we're talking about that, our future plans, we decided that the first thing to do is to always point out to each other when we are having a negative outlook on something, instead of trying to do it. That's step one. How can we help each other fix our mentalities? Because it's like going back to that book, you know, the books you didn't like that. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I'm just jumping the gun here. But the, the book that I read, uh, Think and Grow, Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, right? Uh-huh. Where he talks about like, if you want to make something happen, the first step is to make that thing seem real in your head. You got to imagine it first, right? You get a, yeah, you have to imagine that stuff first, you know? So it's like my wife and I decide like we have to keep pushing each other to have a positive outlook to what can possibly happen. Just be hopeful. When we notice each other like getting down in the dumps, like it can't happen, it's too hard. Ah, we should say, okay, stop that thing. Everything is wrong. Every idea, everything that mm. we see in our lives, everything started out as an idea in somebody's head. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So why can we, you know, like I was telling my wife yesterday, like most everyone wants to be rich, right? Yeah. Everyone would like to maybe one day have a billion dollars, right? Mm. But we feel like it's so easy for us to say, oh, that's impossible. But I was telling my wife, like, you know what? Right now, Jeff Bezos is worth like $200 billion, whatever he is, he's worth, right? The guy, Jeff Bezos was in, working in Amazon as a factory worker, as a warehouse worker for like 15 years. Yeah, but the point I make, even, even before Amazon became a thing, at some point in time, Jeff Bezos was just a normal dude. He was. He was just a normal dude, you know, thinking about looking for a job, you know, maybe hustling to pay rent, right? Mm-hmm. 
but he had to believe in himself he had to push himself to you know like he had to say that whatever dream i have i can make it a possibility like have you seen elon musk like before pictures before he was yes, like the CEO of Telstra and stuff like that the yeah, guy yeah. looks like after he got money he's he's grown younger <laughs> he's the yeah, age exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when he was super young he was bald and everything he looked really like yeah exactly and then suddenly he becomes a CEO and it's like wow look at this guy this guy looks like you him. look good yeah <laughs> yeah so I guess that's what my wife and I that's the first thing like we have five year plan a five year plan in place right mm-hmm. of course we haven't laid out all the details but we have like a rough sketch of what we want in five years of course we'll our, we want to lay down all the details as time goes on but the first step is to just keep our mentalities up to par with our dreams right yeah let's not say it's impossible let's not say it can be done let's ask each other how can you do it so as I was telling I was telling my wife that I became interested in writing when I was 7 years old. And writing is a very solitary endeavor. You don't sit down and write with your friends. Unlike sports, if you play football or soccer for for Americans, uh you go out and have fun with your friends, especially as kids. You're not going out to play football because you want to be the greatest player in the world. You're just having fun with your friends, right? Mm-hmm. And through having fun with your friends, it becomes an interest to develop, right? and maybe that's why you want you see people become like Cristiano Ronaldo or Mer- Messi it all started with them having fun with their friends but writing is something that you do alone and that's a weird thing for a child like for me to decide that at the age of 7 I'm going to lock myself in my room and write it's not a normal thing mm-hmm. i didn't choose to become interested in writing but the fact that to this day literally 20 years later i'm still interested in writing i still write means that god put something in me that I have to give out to the world. The old saying of God's blessings find you. You don't find exactly. Exactly. Or God's graces. Yes, yes. So I decided I'm going to put as much effort into writing. I'm going to to be applying submitting my writing to like online writing competitions every month. And my wife said she's going to be reading my work. She's going to be supporting me, she's going to be encouraging me, and she told me her dreams as well. And I'm like, whatever I can do to support her, I will find a way to support her. You know what's so sad? Maybe, you rarely uh, yes. hear that. The actual stories of people who are married and mm-hmm. they don't even support each other's dreams or endeavors to have, yeah, have their I dreams come like, true. Maybe like, I think like looking at me and my wife, I think the issue is that you just don't talk about your dreams with each other in such a, such a profound manner. You know, it's like, no, in no, the no. modern world, like, no, but no, I mean, like, in, mm. what I mean is, is this: like, when pe- people just say, like, you can say, "I want to be the, I want our progress to be number one," but we say it in such an offhand manner. We never say it in a passionate way. You know, if you talk about your dream in a passionate way, especially with the person you're living with, they'll be motivated to actually try and find out what is it you're, what it is you're trying to do. You know. Mm-hmm. But I'm referring so, to the cases mm-hmm. in which. The relationships or marriages where the partners know each other's dreams, but they're uh-huh. actively trying to like sabotage each uh, other. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Like no, Attract- you, what actually? Actively, yeah? like you can't do this. What are you talking about? You want to be an engineer, man? You're too stupid for that. You know, look at you. Oh man, that that's hell. You shouldn't be that person. <laughs> you know, but those are like <laughs> they're a lot more common than you think, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like you. It's lucky you and I haven't experienced that. You know? <laughs> I don't know how people deal with that. 
Because yes. you already have the demons and negativity within your own head. Can you imagine exactly. dealing with the demons and negativity of somebody else's and then they attack mm. you on a semi-regular basis? Mm. You you become a drug addict. <laughs> exactly. You become a drug addict. Yeah, it's like you just go for the booze, you go for the, you know, for the heroin, whatever can you can to get your head out of that headspace. To get yourself out of that headspace. Literally anything. You literally yeah. for anything. Yeah. Oh, man. So what about you, Jason? What about you and five-year plans or just any plan in general? Like, I think I've gotten a lot of motivation and inspiration from you of late. Like, I can see how serious you are with, like, studying Japanese and looking for the kind of job you actually dream of doing. Like, you've been talking about that to me so much. And I felt like I'm like, man, I'm, I'm slowing down in my life. You know what? When because... I hear you talking with seriously, how we talk about your life recently motivates me to work harder on my life. I've been put in a position where I don't have a choice. I have this loving partner who's really, really pushing me to do the thing that I love to do, you know? And for the longest time, you know, I've just been okay with doing stuff that get me by, but... You know, it's one of the things where it's like when you really sit down and think about it out of the millions and millions of stars in the universe, who knows how many universes there are, or millions and millions of stars are in our galaxy, the galaxy, the millions and millions of galaxies in our universe. In this one lifetime, you can't be the person to say that you won't follow your own dream. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's so powerful. Yeah, that's so... <laughs> Yeah, you can't yeah. be like really you're going to be that one you're going to stop yourself from just following your dream or becoming whatever it is an artist mm. the grand the grand scheme of things i was gonna say Sadhguru actually like mm. uh, he likes saying that everyone is just a pop-up you know you pop yeah. in like 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 in a computer you pop in and you pop out you know yeah. so he says don't take yeah, your please. life so so seriously it's like the, some of the most smartest people in this world people who are way smarter than you know he says you and me it's like they came in and they went out. Where are they now? It's like they're all topsoil. He <laughs> says. So you just a pop in and you pop out. Yeah. I feel like we let our fears get the best of us a lot of the time. We do, we do, we do. And yeah, it's the same with me and writing. Like I always, maybe now I've been more with the help of Instagram. But I guess social media has been good to me in this way. I've just been posting my work on social on Instagram, right? Mm. But for the longest time, I always feared to have people read my work because they thought, like, I'm not good enough for people to read my work. No, but it's like, then you ask yourself also, like, how can I get better if there's no external force critiquing my work, you know? If you hide yourself from critique altogether, then... You can't grow. You can't grow. You can't grow. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, also that's so... It's, it's really powerful to have... Man, I just... This talk with my wife last night really made me feel wonderful, man. Like it's, it's like all I, this. It's, this sounds very hyperbolic, but I felt during the talk like I was feeling all my pathologies just be washed away. You know? Yeah. I felt like everything wrong with me was just washing away. Mm-hmm. All my all my self doubts, all my resentments, all my fears. You know, you put it all best. my my yeah. They're just being washed away. You put it best yourself. The deadwood. 
It was all burning. Exactly. It was all burning. And it's like it's burning with the help of my wife. She's helping me burn all of it. Burn it all to the ground. And, and as uh, and I'm also helping her burn hers, you know? And before you and know that, it, you have um, nothing but space. Space in which you nothing. can grow stuff. Exactly. Man, let's 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 end let's end it by saying how wonderful and beautiful it is to be in a relationship, Jason. It's younger me would never understand. Would never. Neither. Understand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe okay. Twenty year old me, I was I was in love with my wife back then when I yeah when I first met her. Oh, when I first met her, no. But I feel like teenage me was totally against marriages. But now that I'm here and I'm married, and especially after this moment, it's like. I was hiding from the light, you know? Yeah. Like opening opening up to my wife recently was walking to the light. And maybe in the beginning the light is so blinding that it hurts you, right? That's why I you feel fear to tell the truth. The truth is the light, but revealing all all your secrets is painful because the light is burning you. It's like looking straight at the sun. Right? The sun yeah. is good for you, but looking at it for too long will, will hurt you. But now I'm I'm in the light, Jason. And I feel warm. I feel like I'm I'm literally under God's graces right now. And God's graces was the truth. Speaking the truth, sharing the truth with my wife. Oh, bearing myself, Jason, allowing myself to be naked in front of my wife. And of course, I've been like, I've been naked physically and biologically, but I mean like metaphorically, <laughs> spiritually, I am naked, yeah. you know? <laughs> I think we understood <laughs> what you meant. Yeah, that. spiritually. I am naked in front of my wife. All my vulnerabilities have been bared, Jason. Mm-mm. And she has done the same with me. And it's like, wow, it's like we're new people now. It's like I am loving someone anew. And I feel like I am being loved anew, you know? And, you know, that God guy. That Yeah, that guy, God. That guy, God. Yeah. <laughs> you should ask him for some grace sometimes, you know? Maybe exactly. he'll give you some. Yeah. Everyone you know, should ask grace from him. Yeah. Get down and pray once in a while. Say thank you. And appreciate Say God, the ones what's up? Yeah. Say people. God, what's up? Thank you for all the stuff that's going on. <laughs> appreciate the people who have made you, you who you are right now. I've gotten mm-hmm. you here. And with that, uh, what are your final comments, Oscar? Final. It's not really a comment. It's just something interesting. We talked about the dispute between Kenya and Uganda. That was I don't know if it still happened, but it was happening like a decade ago with Megingo Island. For mm-hmm. all those listeners. To imagine the craziness of this dispute, how silly it is at two countries, two powerful countries in East Africa fighting over an island, just type in Migingo Island on Google. M-I-G-I-N-G-O Island. And just look at the size of that island Google Images. How crazy it is that two countries are willing to fight over that. Wasn't that thing like uh, just a house? Like it was enough for like one or two houses? No, just look at it. Bro, it's crazy. It's like a foot... It's smaller than a football field. It's tiny. Tiny, tiny, tiny. And uh, they were going at it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. This way I say, hey, Jason, let's just learn to share. Hey. I, I know I, I might be killed for such a crazy idea, but you know what? I'm willing to take that risk, Jason. Let's you, share. <laughs> you dirty communist. Dirty, dirty <laughs> socialist. No, 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 no. We're not making this into a socialist podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Dreams X <ex> socialism. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I just hope that 
one day we can reach to a point where we're, we're willing to share mm. countries are willing to share with each other despite the history yes 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 i i, I just don't <sighs> people can let things go sometimes so my my one of my a very close friend of mine here in japan is a korean man and the korean man when he talks about the history between japan and korea he always talks in a very emotional way a very painful way right it yeah. seems as though he hates the japanese government i don't know if he does but when he speaks to me about the history it seems as though he does right yeah, yeah. but when he interacts with japanese people he's a very nice guy he's very nice to them he, he loves them his wife is japanese you know so it's like how is it that at an individual level a korean man has no problem with the, with the japanese man right but at a national level the two people are being convinced that they are, they should be enemies uh, that's crazy the that's saying crazy, right? that uh, a human being as an individual mm. is a very smart and creative creature human mm. beings as a group are the, some of the most stupidest creatures you can ever meet <laughs> there's a weird saying i don't know if i got that from a movie or if it's an actual quote but i remember reading that somewhere or seeing it somewhere and i feel like that's very true i feel like as a yeah. group we become super unpredictable and uh, we we do crazy stuff as groups i wish you can take that individual mentality to the group level you know like you can see like hey like these people this they're your neighbors you're gonna need them one day you know like whether what's happening between japan and china it's sad it's sad that this these people are brothers man you know this this is i'm going to make a racist statement right now jason are you ready are you what? ready uh the racist statement is how in kenya when we when we speak of japan china and korea we don't say japan china and korea as a joke people just call them the chingchong what what china <laughs> yeah what like all asians are just chingchong right yeah it's 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 i mean you can say that's a racist statement right we, I, I, okay maybe it's not a good thing to say of course but the what i'm trying to say here is that these asians are all brothers and sisters they shouldn't be bickering about a sea man they should be loving each other they, they shared so much history the writing system in asia in at least east asia all came from china they did right china is the grandfather of a lot of civilizations yeah buddhism came from india through china to japan and korea right yep and oh, other oh, and other asian yeah. countries that also yeah. practice buddhism yeah these countries should all look at their ancient history and say that hey we've learned so much from each other we should appreciate and love each other our we are neighbors we are brothers we are our sisters. forefathers were the same too exactly 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 and maybe as a human race we should all realize we are all just goddamn niggers yeah we all came from africa man we all came from africa so let's all love each other as a bunch of niggers we're all black people <laughs> we're all black you know our ancestors were all black you know we all came from the same monkey ape, i mean like actually. i mean that biologically so the ape we are not not monkey ape we all came from the same ape yes so let's not we should like hey jason this is all about socialism communism <laughs> and being uh a nigger as you had said okay and i don't know that's 100 yen that's like 300 yen extra <laughs> hey no 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 that one uh, the nigger the n word gets a special quota that's when we'll talk about it later <laughs> uh 
With that being yeah, said, it. it's time. Love, love. Yeah. Love, you, love thy neighbor and love yourself. Love the, yes, love thy neighbor as you love yourself. You know, like the golden rule, Jason, the golden rule. Let's all try and adhere to that. And with that, we can end the episode. Goodbye, yes, fellow viewers, and thank you for making it possible. And thank you. Thank Oscar. you so much. Thank you, Jason. And Otsukari Samades. Bye bye. Bye bye. Hey, you. What time is it? You look pretty bored. Just done with one episode. And the bus or train isn't where you're supposed to be yet. Here's an idea. Open your browser. Type in dreamsxtrash.com and free yourself from the claws of boredom. Up on that beautifully titillating website, you will find everything you need regarding dreamsxtrash. Our Instagram, our Facebook, our YouTube, our LinkedIn, our Twitter. More and more content to free you from the clutches of boredom. Go ahead, type it in. Go for a ride. Jason has some really interesting th things up for you on YouTube. Check it out. You'll thank me later.